Welcome to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello and thank you very much for choosing to listen to this. I'm Mark Stephen. Quality Meat Scotland covers the whole of the country, which means that during the agricultural show season, QMS staff take every opportunity they can to get out and about to meet members, suppliers and consumers. Recently, at the Tariff Show in Aberdeenshire, I met up with Sarah Miller, Chief Executive, and Kate Rowell, Chair of QMS. And I started off with Kate with what's probably a fairly fundamental question. What is QMS for? The purpose of QMS can be sort of distilled down into our four key pillars, which is to support, promote, develop and protect the red meat sector in Scotland. And there are lots and lots of of activities we do under all those four banners. The most important of those, obviously, is to promote. And we work hard to promote the sustainability, the high animal welfare and all the other credentials for the red meat sector in Scotland for our Scotch beef, our Scotch lamb and our specially selected pork. We have a small team who work really, really hard at this. We've got a marketing and comms team and a market development team. And they work to run ad campaigns on social media. We have TV campaigns. We're sponsoring the food pavilion here at Turriff Show, which is excellent. We're getting the the messages for all the high quality products out there to the consumers that are here today. We also do quite a lot of market development, uh, both in this country and abroad. So looking at exports and things. We have our quality assurance schemes which support the farming industry and help us to get those messages out to consumers. Farmers are doing all these fantastic things. Some of them we have to do, some of them we choose to do, some of them we do because it's the right thing to do. Our job as QMS is to get those, all those activities that farmers are doing out there into the consciousness of the public so that they can then reward us for the, the efforts that we're putting in to both the environment and to animals and to, and to the social community in Scotland, you know, the rural, the rural communities. Under the developed pillar, we do, again, a lot of different work with farmers, with butchers, with processors. Our big flagship that we're just about to, to set off with at the minute is the Monitor Farm Scotland programme, which is going to start its new iteration very, very soon. So we're looking for people to sign up for that. And under the protect pillar, we do a lot of reputation work. So we are there defending the reputation of the Scottish red meat sector whenever we possibly can and having positive conversations about red meat. Not going out there and and fighting with people, that's not going to achieve anything. What we need to do is have those positive conversations and get the really good news stories that we know we have in Scotland out there in front of consumers as much as possible. Sarah, QMS might be trying to be positive, but not every aspect of the food industry is. What are the challenges, the particular challenges at the moment, facing the red meat industry in Scotland? Yep, so, you know, we are in a time like no other at the moment. We have just had two years of major disruption to our supply chains from the COVID-19 pandemic, when we saw food service close overnight and almost all of our purchasing power move into retail. We then had uh, last year, obviously, EU exit come into being something we've been speaking about for the last few years into actually happening, which again changed a lot of our routes to market for particularly to access the European market, which caused an increased cost and an increased logistical issue for, for many of our members. And then once we got through that, we saw the impact of the war on Ukraine, which has turned the world's 
food system really on its head. In fact, this morning I just read that the first grain shipment has left Ukraine as part of you know a major, major attempt to try and resettle some of the, the food scarcity issues that we're seeing. So on one hand, that's causing major issues within our supply chain in terms of availability of labour. So we know that labour, particularly in our processing sector, is increasing in how much of a challenge it is almost every day. But the other side of this is that for the first time in a number of years, food security has moved up the political agenda, which I think presents an opportunity for us here in Scotland. We know we are famed for the Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and special selected pork that, that we produce that is ideally suited to the climate base that we have. So when we talk about food security, there's a real opportunity there for us to grow home-produced sustainable protein when we're seeing that global food system really come under challenge. I was The last time we spoke was at the Royal Highland Show and I was intrigued there because I would say the two big budget supermarkets, you know, Aldi and Lidl, both had a very strong presence there and they both went large on this is Scottish produce. Are all the supermarkets equally enthusiastic? All the supermarkets do promote Scotch. We work with them very, very closely. The two big discounters are the ones that have gone out there, as you say, and, and made that their headline offering. And the other supermarkets are playing catch-up. Let's, let's be fair, they are playing catch-up. But we do work with them very closely. We have regular meetings at, at various different levels. We obviously can't tell supermarkets what to do. What we can do is... Much as you might want to. Much as we might want to. We'd love to be able to say, right, Tesco, you have to do this, you know. But we, we would love to do that. But unfortunately, that's not, that's not our role and we're going to get nowhere with that. So we work really closely with them to try and help them promote the awareness of the benefits of, of Scotch to make sure that they're aware of, of the benefits that they can give to their consumers by promoting this and to help them wherever we can to, to source locally. You mentioned earlier the fact that food security has gone higher up the agenda. It's becoming a concern because of events in Ukraine. I wonder, looking at the news across the board, whether our politicians actually get this, whether they understand it. You know, and they can say, yes, we're worried about food security. And then you've got trade deals with New Zealand, for example, that seem to benefit them entirely and not Scottish farmers at all. Within weeks of the war breaking out, the Scottish Government actually brought together a food security task force which reported at the Highland Show and they have committed to setting up a food security unit within their own civil service directorate. So I think I understand, you know, with the UX, it, our, our global position in the world has changed. But actually, in terms of what we can do here and now, you know, we're, we're working in Scotland very close with the Scottish Government. We're also working with the Westminster Government. I think that they do, they are beginning to understand how complex, you know, the fact that they've for years not had to think about this and, and it's now coming home to roost. I think there is, this is something that is moving higher up the political agenda. If you were to actually count the number of farmers within Scotland and compare it to, say, 20, 30 years ago, my gut feeling is it's going to be a much, much lower number now. I'm not sure about actual farmers, but there is a definite contraction in, in people working on farms. So it might well be, I suppose in, in our own case, uh, 30, 40 years ago our farm would employ people. Now it's not, it's only the, the actual farmers, my husband and I, that are there. And that'll be the case in a lot of farms. So it, it, I, I can't say yes or no on the number of farmers because I've not got access to those figures, but there is a definite contraction in the people in this country who have a direct connection to a farm and to rural life. And what I've found 
going around speaking to people. I do quite a bit of volunteering with RET as well, and obviously speaking to school kids. And it doesn't really make any difference whether you're talking about a rural school or an urban school, unless the child that you're speaking to is actually from a farm. They don't really have any any more understanding in you know in a village just outside Peebles than they do in the middle of Glasgow. So. That's, that's a real problem and it's something that we're trying to, we're very, very conscious of and we're trying to address. We have a small health and education team and we work really closely with schools wherever we can. Obviously we can't get to every school in Scotland all the time but what we would like the agricultural community to do is to flag up to us if they know of a local school that is putting out misinformation about red meat so that we can then get in touch with them and we can give them the resources that we've got so that they can they can take their pupils on, on that sort of journey and teach them the facts and not the misinformation. Why do you pair tour around the agricultural shows? I mean, I, I met you at the Royal Highland Show, I understand you're both at Kelso, now you're here at Turra. So one, one of the things, as I said, because we have been you know, under the COVID-19 pandemic restrictions for the last two years, we were really keen this summer to get back out and reconnect with our levy peers and members. QMS is 100% funded um, by the, either the levy or by QA membership. So we want to make sure that we're here putting names to faces and, and actively being able to answer questions, concerns and you know, to talk about some of the opportunities we've got as well. Um, so it was something that's really important to us and this is part of a wider um, increased engagement strategy so we've just come off the back of doing a number of open meetings and we had one last Tuesday night in Lanark and we're going up to Orkney at the end of August as well so we've been doing these across the country to give people you know, the opportunity to come and ask us questions directly in the autumn of this year we're also going to be going into some of the big store sales and some of the auction markets as well speaking to people there so it's really trying to capitalise now we're out of restrictions on being able to meet people and you know pick up with them face to face. And I'm a farmer. There's nothing better than getting out and about on farms at shows and actually speaking to people about farming. You know, we all we all know how much we love that. Farmers love talking to other farmers about farming. It's one of the best things that we can do. So, so yeah, just absolutely, as Sarah said, getting out and about, speaking to people, listening to them, more importantly, not just telling them what we're doing, but listening to what their concerns are and addressing any issues that we can that, that, that they bring up. I often think, you know, going past the cattle lines, for example, they were showing, just as I... Try to find you, Bill, to be honest. <laughs> Easier said than done. But um, I was going past the cattle showing, and there is such a pride taken in that. You know, I mean, they, they, they take such care with the animals, you know, and if they get a first ticket, they're like a dog with two tails. It's wonderful to see. Yeah, absolutely. It's Every show we've been at has been absolutely mobbed by both the public, who've also missed it, and by the agricultural community. You know, everybody's been out and about. Everybody's been wanting to speak to everybody <laughs> because a lot of us haven't seen each other for two three years so it's a fantastic opportunity to get out and about and it's a fantastic opportunity to showcase all the brilliant things that we do to the rest of the population you know so that they get a chance to see it I keep saying as well that you know Scotland is the home of livestock production you know we gave the world the Aberdeen Angus we gave the world you know the Highland Cow and that's what beef is, is portrayed as around the globe and particularly here in Aberdeenshire the standard of livestock here at Turriff Show is absolutely phenomenal there's a lot of things that farmers have to be proud of and it's it's just fantastic to be here and been able to see that so that we can then go and shout about it when we're in front of retailers when we're in front of processors and say look you know what this is our gig to lose we have the resource base we've got the livestock we've got our passionate skilled and um, stocked person behind it that is what the scotch brand and specialist selected port brand is all about and you know coming to these events just brings all that home together and gives us an opportunity to to connect that with some of the other meetings and things that we're doing in other days. 
But coming back to the, you know, the purpose of, of QMS and what it is you're trying to do, you have my sympathy because you know, any time you're trying to plan ahead, you look at what the various sets of circumstances are and you think, well, if that happens, then that happens, blah, 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 blah. There are so many variables at the moment. There are so many unknowns. It must be extraordinarily difficult. Speaking to our, our chief economist before he retired in April, um, that was exactly what he said. He, he's been in the, the industry for over 30, 40 years. And what he said was he'd never known a time where there were so many different variables impacting on either the supply or the demand of the Scottish red meat protein and the global proteins, you know, not even just here in Scotland. And I think that's an important context to remember. And even going back to early 2020, we, we held the QMS conference then, uh, three weeks before lockdown, which seems really bizarre now. But back then, the impact, you know, what we thought 2020 was going to be about, what we were actively planning for, was EU exit. Nobody knew that, you know, three weeks later, we'd all be in lockdown and that COVID-19 was going to turn supply chains on their head. Even again this year, just as we were coming out of that Omicron variant, it wouldn't quite get lockdown but at Christmas time we thought you know this is it we're, we're really going to be back to normal in 2022 and then the war in Ukraine and, and again even going back to that the war in Ukraine started as you know we thought it might be over within a few days since then you know the, the, the long-term repercussions of that and the wider geopolitical movements have become very clear and again that changes everything again so we are in a very unusual time at the moment and I think that's that is important for everyone to remember. But one of the real strengths that we have in Scotland, and I see this more and more, when, especially when you travel south of the border or, or abroad, we're a small country, we're a small agricultural community, and, and most people know each other, and QMS are a small team. And while that all means that, that you all have to work really hard, it also means that you can be more agile and more adaptable, and we can rise to these challenges and address them quickly and, and hopefully successfully. There is obviously, very clearly, and a growing cost of living crisis at the moment. Has that altered your messaging? So we've been really lucky in a way, and I say lucky, we all our marketing and all our promotional campaigns are based on insight. So we use data and we use insight to make sure that when we are putting an advertisement out, whether that be on TikTok, Instagram, or using a partnership with a newspaper, however we do that, that it's based on data, and we know the exact type of person that, that we are trying to target and how they live their lives. So one of the things that was already becoming clearer was that people were looking to reduce the amount of meat that they were eating, but to buy better quality. So it's that whole, you know, eat less, but eat better mantra. So our marketing campaign that we have out at the moment was actually already quite in this area we had a lot of recipes that basically showed how you could make red meat go further but focusing on the nutritional benefits of maintaining it within the diet and focusing on you know what you get for the environment when you're buying that scottish product so to aligning the product with the people that, that we're looking to purchase to but because of the cost of living crisis that has grown over the last nine months that also fits into you know if you're looking to make that go further here's a range of recipes that actually mean you can still maintain red meat within your weekly shop but that it's more cost effective the other thing and i mentioned obviously when we went into to covid19 one of the big things that we saw was a challenge with carcass balance which is one of the things that, that can really impact on value paid back to the farmer and we're starting to see a bit more of that coming through again because people are spending less particularly in food service and um, there's some challenges with carcass balance at the moment so one of the things that we're doing is doing some promotions with steaks in particular and um, because we know that if you know you're having a barbecue it's a beautiful sunny day here perfect barbecue weather the cost of putting a steak on a barbecue versus going out for a steak on a restaurant you know there's much more affordable so it's trying to give you that restaurant quality feeling at home which is a bit of what we did in the covid pandemic 
So it's looking at the different routes to market that we have, the consumer that, you know, the exact type of consumer that we're looking to speak to and using data to drive those messages to make sure that they really get the cut through in a very precision, precision way. The messaging that you're putting out, obviously, a lot of it is aimed at politicians, a lot of it is aimed at the consumer. How much of it is actually aimed at the farmers to give them the ammunition to argue when they're standing in a supermarket queue or whatever, a filling station, doesn't matter where? So obviously we don't market to farmers, you know, that's that's not our role, but we do definitely need to make sure that they have the tools at their disposal to do that arguing, as you say. So several times a year we put out toolkits um, in for example in Veganuary to combat the sort of vegan narrative we have a a positive conversations about red meat toolkit it's available to anybody that wants it and any farmer can go on and download the the infographics download the data to give them the absolute facts and they are facts this is all fact checked it's not just wishful thinking to go and have those conversations I was going to say they argue our case but no we're, we're trying not to say argue we're trying to say have these positive conversations and I know as a farmer the temptation is to go out there and and have that argument but you're going to win over people far more by actually having a conversation and giving them the positive facts about things so those toolkits are available on our website we're at the end of a phone or at the end of an email address all the time we can supply farmers with any facts they want to back up any claims they've got and as I said before about the schools or or about local councils or anywhere that people are coming across things policy decisions that they don't like and that they think are, are, are wrong when it comes to the red meat sector please get in touch with us and we can help with any sort of advocacy any um, information and and help them try and get those messages across on our behalf. Kate and Sarah, it's been lovely catching up with you here at the Turra Show. Um, this has been considerable, a huge improvement on what we tried to do at the Royal Highland Show, where the tannoy system was going off every 45 seconds, and eventually we just threw all the toys out the pram and walked away. <laughs> it was hopeless. Yeah, no, it is brilliant to be back here at Turra Show. It's one of my favourite shows in the country, and I say that as someone who originally is from south of the Fourth Road Bridge, so I've been coming here for a number of years, and, you know, the quality of the livestock, the quality of the food and drink, you know, the food and drink pavilion is just looking absolutely fantastic, um, and really looking forward to getting around that later on so it's um and the sun is even shining what more could you want kate rowell chair of qms and sarah miller chief executive of qms both of them very much enjoying the weather at the tara show but as i said to them the sun i shines at tara to be honest i don't think either of them believe me qms are always keen to get your feedback or suggestions a good idea is a good idea wherever it comes from please just get in contact and let them know what you think Until the next podcast, I'm Mark Stephen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. <laughs>